0: Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Infectious Diseases podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. For this episode, I've interviewed Dr. Jacqueline Dean, one of the lead authors on a recently published paper titled, Direct and Indirect Effectiveness of an Oral Cholera Vaccine in Zanzibar, East Africa, Findings from a Large Mass Vaccination Campaign, Followed by an Observational Cohort Study. I started by asking Dr. Jacqueline Dean to explain why vaccines have not generally been used to tackle cholera in the past.
1: Um, Well, there are several reasons, and I'll give you a brief summary. Um, First, cholera outbreaks affect the poorest people in the poorest countries, those with no political voice and unable to demand that they be given the vaccine when needed. Second, therapy with intravenous and oral rehydration solution is perceived to be inexpensive and easy to administer, but in reality, as you know, as we have seen in Zimbabwe and the Haiti cholera outbreaks, the large-scale requirement for these interventions during huge outbreaks can quickly overwhelm public health systems in resource-poor settings. Third. Since cholera affects both adults and children, it generally escapes the attention of child survival advocates, whom, as you know, have been the main supporters for vaccine use in developing countries. Fourth, many governments do not report their cases for fear of sanctions against their seafood exports or tourism industry, thus the burden of cholera is often underestimated. Fifth, many policymakers have decided Rightfully, that improving water and sanitation is the intervention of choice, but these improvements have not reached the groups at highest risk and will not reach them anytime soon. And finally, an important but often not mentioned reason for the underutilization of the oral cholera vaccine is the lack of endorsement by the World Health Organization. The WHO did not endorse the use of the vaccine during the Zimbabwe outbreak, citing logistical reasons and the Pan American Health Organization, which is WHO's regional arm, did not endorse its use during the Haiti outbreak, citing supply issues, but the WHO is now forced to consider the possibility of developing a rotating oral cholera vaccine stockpile, similar to the yellow fever and meningococcal vaccine stockpile schemes. A stockpile of oral cholera vaccines will be critical to ensure supplies during outbreaks.
0: The Zanzibar Ministry of Health is seeking to potentially eliminate cholera from the archipelago. Now, based on your findings and the natural history of the disease, how likely do you think that this is?
1: Well, the crucial finding from our paper is that we confirmed for the first time in a sub-Saharan African setting, that oral cholera vaccine provides herd protection. Elimination of cholera from the archipelago is therefore possible because of this herd protection afforded by the vaccine plus specific conditions in Zanzibar. That is, the country is small and consists of relatively isolated islands. The Zanzibari government has previous experience in successfully controlling other diseases, specifically controlling the spread of HIV and AIDS, and more recently, nearly eliminating malaria. They have a functioning diarrheal surveillance and reporting system in place, which would be crucial to document the elimination of cholera. Their staff has experience with measles and polio island-wide vaccination campaigns, and they successfully conducted the oral cholera vaccination campaign reported in the paper. And most importantly, there is strong political will in the country to eliminate cholera from Zanzibar.
0: Do you think that this vaccine could be applied to the elimination of the disease more generally?
1: Yes, we have a good preventive tool against cholera which has been underutilized, but this would need the support of international organizations and governments. For example, Vietnam has used a similar vaccine in its public health programs to control the disease. Possible strategies towards elimination include mass vaccination campaigns or school-based campaigns. This would likely decrease the biomass of Vibra cholerae in the environment and reduce transmission in the community. An important advantage of this vaccine is herd protection, which means that even less than 100% coverage can make an impact. Since the vaccine protects for a limited period of about three years, ideally, these campaigns should be combined with improvements in water and sanitation for longer-term elimination of the disease. But even without the more difficult goal of eliminating cholera, Because realistically, there will be countries, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, that may not be able to eliminate the disease. If the vaccine can be used to prevent seasonal epidemics and curtail large outbreaks, that would already be a huge achievement.
0: Would you say that the relative geographical isolation of the archipelago is a key factor?
1: Yes, definitely. The relative isolation and small size of Zanzibar enhances the chances of elimination of the disease. Cholera elimination in Zanzibar would technically be easier and more promising than cholera elimination in regions with larger and more mobile populations. But lessons learned from the potential Zanzibar elimination project could then be applied more generally. I'm
0: curious how this sort of relates to conventional treatment, which um, at least superficially seems to be so cheap. How likely is the more general adoption of this vaccine?
1: Yes, Treatment seems cheap and easy when one is sitting in Geneva or London, and these assumptions help explain the reluctance to supply cholera vaccines where and when they are most needed. Under normal circumstances, certainly these treatments are easily provided, but under circumstances of natural or political disasters such as that in Mugabe's um, Zimbabwe, these treatments may be difficult or impossible to provide on a large scale. Just the need for beds and nursing care alone diverts these resources from other conditions and may result in a total standstill of health service delivery. The recent large cholera outbreaks in Zimbabwe and then Haiti have been hugely expensive in terms of lives lost and losses to the economy.
0: Thanks, Dr Jacqueline Dean. The next question and my final question is sort of a two-part question. The findings of your study show that the vaccine recipients had a higher risk of non-cholera diarrhoea after vaccination. So my first question, was the vaccine a source of morbidity? And if so, does this factor into the assessment of potential benefits of vaccination over conventional treatment?
1: No, this was a methodological artefact of the study. The main purpose of our study was to assess whether The vaccine provides herd protection in this population. But because this is an internationally licensed vaccine with known protective efficacy for the individual, ethically, we could not conduct a randomized placebo-controlled trial. Instead, this was an observational cohort study in which residents of the study area were offered the vaccine free of charge during the mass campaign. Aside from showing direct and indirect protection from the vaccine, we found that those who chose to participate in the campaign and took the vaccine already had a higher risk for diarrhea. Those who took the vaccine were also more likely to be female, younger, and less likely to have access to tap water. So there were great differences between the population that decided